Welcome to Few for Thought, empowering women to live healthier lifestyles. I'm Tracy Elizabeth. I'm Nicole Heller. And, and we are here with Kim. Hi. We're so excited that you're here and we are coming together, the three of us, for a very special episode. But maybe we could just start quickly with how we know Kim and <laughs> what you're doing here. I um, love Kim. Yeah. I can hear her. <laughs> Um, so I'll start. Me and Kim have been friends forever and ever. Yes. Um, I met Kim when I was 10. Um, mm. You were my very first friend in my very new neighborhood um, when I was 10. And yeah. I moved to my dad's house. And she was my very new friend in my new school. Um, first friend. Yes. At she the didn't new beat bu- you up? At the no, new bu- I was oh. not a beater upper. Yeah, no. I was definitely not. I was like... Flock to me. I will yeah. take anybody in. You're like open arms. <laughs> but how are you not scared of her? I was not well, you scary. know what? She I'm just was saying. not she was not scary. And my mom to this day said I always felt so comfortable whenever you were with Nicole because she was like <laughs> her bodyguard. See? Like I never oh. had to worry about you getting into anything because Nicole. But notice there. what she said, because she was a good <laughs> bodyguard, not because she was a sweet girl. <laughs> no, because I was just being to everyone else, just not kidding. No. <laughs> And that's why I needed her in my corner. <laughs> but so Kim and I went to grammar school together. We went to high school yes. together. We've just been friends forever. Kim actually is the person who introduced me to Terrence. What? What? Like, <laughs> I mean, found me the love of my life. So you're going to find me a Terrence? I will. I am, I'm on the job, Tracy. <laughs> I am on the job. Like, we've just been friends forever and ever. Um, and it's just been... A lifetime. Yes. Just a lifetime of memories. Yes. So I'm really happy that you're here. And just because we've always had a relationship, whoever's best friends with me is best friends with Kim. <laughs> yes. And that's just the way it is. So Tracy and Kim are just friends by default because that's just how it has to be. Um, <laughs> we bonded. Yes. Like, I'm yeah. friends with all of your friends, but I yeah. think me and you have always we had We have a special it. thing. Yeah. yeah. Probably because we were also single at the same yes. time. Yes. Um, yes. You, so you helped me out with some texting. <laughs> <laughs> But I think that your personality was very much like mine, very open and sweet and feisty, um, but honest, (laughs) honest and compassion and real. And I think that our relationship always started in that place. So I always loved seeing when you came to visit. Eighth Street. Ditto, baby. So give Ditto. us a little rewind. Then tell you us- had to go get married and have right. kids. <laughs> Sorry. So give us a little rewind. Like, tell us where you are. Like, married kids. Like, where are you, where are you at? So I am married. Uh, married for seven years. I have two girls, three and six. Yeah, who, they're so cute. They drive me crazy on the daily, but mm-hmm. love them dearly. Um, so yeah, that's where I am. I started a little bit later in life than Nicole did. But um, I wouldn't change it for anything because... It led me to where I needed to be, and here I am. Yeah. So, you know, everything happens for a reason. I'm a true believer in that. Yeah. And here we are. I love it. So one of the main reasons why we wanted to have Kim here, and actually Kim wanted to be here, which yes. is what is the most beautiful thing about having any kind of platform, and we hope that this, we pray, actually, that this this podcast today falls on the ears that it needs to, yeah. is really what our hope is for today is Kim wanted to be here today to share her story and and her story is actually just beginning and her her bravery and her heart and everything about it is just starting and she wants to be here to share it all and just just go with it just tell us what you want to shout from the rooftops and what you need people to know 
And you just, just let them know. Okay, so I will start off by saying, get your mammograms. Like right now. Like, like go right now. Call the doctor call. Right, right now. now. Like go right now. And make that appointment. And I'll tell you why. Because I turned 42 in September. I had my annual mammogram in October. Almost to the day. I've been going since I'm 40. And I go and every year it was in and out. No biggie. This year, however, I go in and they say, well, you know what? Well, we see something. Why don't you come back in a week? Let us do a diagnostic ultrasound and mammogram. Okay, that's fine. I come back in a week. Now, I've had ultrasounds before. I know when the tech starts typing and making the little, you know, like inches and whatever they do on that screen. So she's spending a little bit more time than normal in a spot. So I'm thinking to myself, oh, this is probably not good. But, you know, let's not veer to the negative. Let's, you know, see what this could be. And they say to me, okay, well, we see three spots. We're not really so happy about them. So we want to do an ultrasound uh, biopsy for you. So why don't we come back next week? So I felt like, you know, we're doing this a little fast, you know, which is fine because I'm the kind of person, you give me a task, I'm going to get it done. I like to follow instructions. Yeah. I just want to be on this, you know, let's go the faster route. So I go back the following week. I have the ultrasound biopsy. The nurse holds my hand as I sit there crying like, this can't be cancer. This can't be cancer. And she's like, no, you know, you're going to, no matter what, you're going to get through this. And she says, I'm going to rush the results for you. Okay, got special treatment. Thank you very much. So I will never forget the day and time. October 19th, 2023, I am ready to sit in a tattoo chair to get a tattoo. And my phone dings. I have an email with my portal notes. And now the doctor told me that the portal might come up before they call me to give me any of the results. So I don't have time to wait for them to call me. I know I know what I'm going to be looking at. Let me see what it came back as. And I open my phone and it says invasive lobular carcinoma, a.k.a. breast cancer. Wonderful. Wonderful. So at this point, I'm like, you know what? I said to my tattoo guy, I said, I just found out because I was telling him the whole story. I just found out I have breast cancer. Just, just tattoo me. Just do it. Like I was in that like, let's go. I what get home. Did you I get? <laughs> Not that I'm distracted, but I'm like, so, wait. <laughs> so I have a tattoo on my shoulder. It's Seven Eleven, and it's in memory of my grandfather. And I'm I like, just, wait, yeah, no, I, not the coffee. I'm not trying to, you know, <laughs> do anything with that. But um, 7-Eleven was his bus number. He drove a school bus. So I see 7-Eleven. I see signs all day, every day. I just needed to do something with that. And I had it tattooed on me about a year and a half ago, but I didn't like the way it looked. And this tattoo guy gave me one with my daughter's names. He's great. I loved him. I said, I want to do something with that, but just make it pretty. Like, I feel like it needs something. So that was what I was going in for to him to kind of upgrade it, it, jazz it and up jazz it up. Exactly. So I go home and obviously my husband knows everything that's going on here. He's giving the girls a bath. And I said, I got the results. And he, I think he was expecting me to say, everything's fine. And I'm like, it's cancer. I was just so matter of fact about it. It didn't really hit me in a way that I feel like maybe it might hit others. Like a debilitating, oh my God, let me crawl up in a ball and die. I was just like, it's cancer. We're going to take care of it and we'll move on. So he's like, I don't understand. 
I said, what's, what's not to understand? There's spots. They found it. It's cancerous. We go. Let's do, let's do this. My doctor calls me the next day and he said, I'm going to be straight with you. Like, we got to get you into a breast surgeon immediately. I said, okay, fine. He gave me the name of an awesome doctor. I met with her within 10 days. And at that point, he said, since you have very dense breasts, we need to have an MRI also. So I said, okay, fine. I met with the breast surgeon. I had um, already decided that I was going to do a double mastectomy because they weren't able to save the right. There was just too much tissue involved that they would have to remove with a lumpectomy. So I said, you know, I'm 42. I want to have symmetrical boobies while I still can, you know? Like I want to have something that still makes me feel like a woman. I don't want to go flat, which people do and by all means, like that's cool. I didn't want implants. I didn't want any of that. So- My doctor says to me, he goes, you know, you can get a tummy tuck with this. I said, is that the silver lining in all of this? Do I get a mommy makeover? Get a girl. I was like, so it took a cancer diagnosis for me to get my boobs and my belly cut. All right. So um, I said, okay, that's fine. You know, we'll, we'll figure this out as we go along. So I met with the surgeon, opted for the double, opted for the reconstruction at the same time. Go Is that normal? Th- yes, yes. Okay. So a lot of women, if you want to do the implants at that time, what they'll do is they'll put the expanders in at that point. I didn't want to do implants because it would be, there'd be no tissue. It would just be implant skin and it just wouldn't look natural. So what I had was called a deep flap. So they pretty much give you a tummy tuck and they take your, your belly tissue, fat, AKA, and they stuff your new boobies. So it's your Hmm. tissue that is in your booby 2.0s because that's what I call mine. It's like amazing <laughs> what they could do. Yeah. Like it really is yeah. like amazing what they could do. So I have a quick question um, because that's a lot of information. Yeah. So did you know any of this prior to seeing your doctors? No. Okay. No. So I literally had zero symptoms. Zero. There was no lumps. There was no bumps. There was nothing that could be felt. And even the breast surgeon when she was examining me said, I don't feel anything. Like you would have never known that you had this had you not gone for your mammogram. And that's why I think it's so important for women to go because you could be sitting there with underlying cancer spots in your boobs that you don't feel. And I know a lot of women, it's the unknown maybe of they don't want to do it because what could happen if I do that? But I feel, I feel, wouldn't, isn't it scarier to not know? 100%. And then it, years down the line, you have pain somewhere and they're like, oh, you're stage four now, which could have been prevented years ago, you know? So I'm not, I'm not trying to tell anybody, get off your ass, you know, and don't be scared because you're going to be scared. But that I feel that. What's scarier is the unknown. Mm -hmm. Figure it out. You have a diagnosis, you have a plan, and you move forward. That's just, that's me. I know that's not everybody, but I feel like for myself, the unknown is so much more scarier than knowing and having a plan. 100%. So, you know, fast forward to now the MRI. This is what really gets me because I had the ultrasounds, I had the mammograms on both breasts. They were only seeing it in the right. 
So now the MRI comes and I do all of that. And they call me and they say, well, we, we see a mass in the left. I said, you see a mass in the left? I had an ultrasounds and mammograms. No, it didn't pick it up. The MRI is a little bit, you know, it's a little bit more invasive. I said, okay, fine. So now we have to do an MRI biopsy of the left side now. They do that and that comes back as cancer. So had I not had that MRI, I wouldn't have known what I do know now is that I had it in both. And the craziest part is I go in for surgery on November 30th, which is the double mastectomy with the reconstruction, and they had to take the lymph nodes as well. There was no indication on any test that it was in my lymph nodes. And during surgery, they take out the lymph nodes, they dissect them to see if it's in there, and then they go accordingly. So they keep, they take out, take out to make sure that, you know, they're not in the closest ones and then they, they move, they radiate out. So it happens to be that on the left side that came up on no films is where two of my lymph nodes were cancer positive mm-hmm. and one on the right. So we knew about the right, had no idea about the left until that MRI, but then we have a two node positive on that side. So I remember I'm getting, it was an eight hour surgery. It was crazy. I had not, never had general anesthesia in my life. Oh so that's right. what, amazing. Right? Yeah. I know, crazy. ever in my life. I've never had a broken bone, anything. Mm. So I am, that was the scariest part for me, I think. You know, I'm like, I'm going to be out for eight plus hours. Oh my God. But then I remembered, this is their job. This is what they do. And they're keeping me alive. They're going to keep me alive. And they're going to give me the proper amount of what I need. And I'm going to wake up and that's it. And so it was like a blink of an eye. I remember getting wheeled into the operating room. Hi, we're your operating team. That was the last thing I remember. And then I remember waking up and saying, you're all done. You're all done. And I was feeling so hot. I remember that. I'm like, can I get a fan in here? <laughs> so <laughs> I was just so hot. I couldn't move. I had drains coming out of me and all were that. Were emotional at all? No, because oh. I was just so groggy from the, you know, from the anesthesia. And I really had no reaction to it, thank God, mm. other than my blood pressure just stayed low for a while. So they had to monitor me for like a couple hours before they put me up to my room. So I finally got to my room and, you know, my husband was there waiting for me all day and his cousin came to keep him company. So he comes in and the first thing I ask is, do we know if it's in the notes? And he's like, God, (laughs) he said, I wasn't going to say anything to you unless you asked me. But I said to the doctor, if she asked me, I have to tell her. He's like, it's in the notes. So now that was like a crushing part of it. Sorry. (laughs) Because I wasn't anticipating that and neither was anybody else. So at that point, I knew that the surgery wasn't it. It, My journey was far from over at this point. So I said, okay, all right, let's just heal with, let's deal with healing first. That's the first thing I need to do. I need to get strong from the surgery. I need to heal. I need to get to a point where my body's going to be able to take the chemo that I'm going to need. So we we go home and my little one is, all she wanted to do was just sit on my lap. And she knew mommy had surgery and we explained to them that 
you know, sorry, that I can't really have you sitting on me because I have drains coming out. And they kind of knew that mommy had something going on. And, you know, we just have to be extra gentle and not jump on me and soft hugs and all of that. So my little one was just so excited of the day when I got all of the drains out and she could sit on my lap. So that was like a great day. Little victories. Oh, yeah. So that was a great, great day. So we meet with the oncologist, and I had some issues healing wound-wise, which was fine. It's all, I'm all healed now. Thank God. Everything's great. We met with the oncologist, and she had said to me, well, we have to do, based on, uh, you know, being in my lymph nodes and the sides of the tumors, it's considered a stage 2B. So I said, okay, well, this could be positive. To be or not to be, right? Oh. So so I'm going to be a fighter and I'm getting through this. So we came up with a treatment plan and I started that last week. I had my first chemo session. It was, I don't know if I was going into this thinking that I was going to just sail through this, but I kind of had a rough time. I had a rough time with it, and it was a daily thing for me last week. And I was thinking one day at a time, but it turned now into one hour at a time because I, you know, I had my session on Monday. It was great. You know, everybody is so wonderful there. I came home a couple hours later is when I started to feel symptoms. I started to feel a headache, and I started to feel hot. And I texted Nicole, and I'm like, I don't know if I could do this. And she sent me a video. Get your ish together. <laughs> I hope you weren't. I expect- wouldn't expect anything else. I hope you weren't expecting anything empathetic. And I needed that. I needed that. And I'm like, okay, I'm getting it together. I'm getting it together. I'm going to pull myself out of the bathroom. I'm going to be there. And my girls were, you know, they they knew something was up. You know, mommy's not feeling great. And my older one was rubbing my arm. Can I get you anything, mommy? And you know, I mean, they're in tune. They know yeah. something's up. So I made it through the weekend and it's an off week for me this week. So I feel like I have that going for me. So I I said, while I have my good days, I'm going to take advantage. You're going to live. And yes, and I'm going to do things that I'm not going to be able to do on the bad days. And that's fine. And that's fine. We will get through that too. But I'm going to take every day as an opportunity to really live and to really take all of the positives that come with the day and embrace that. Mm -hmm. And even on the bad days, embrace the bad because there's a bright side to the end of this. Like this is not going to be over for me for a while. I mean, I'm looking at not being done until June with treatments, but June is also both of my girls' birthdays. So I feel like it's going to be a big celebration month of being done, of being, okay, now we have Kim 2.0 with her new boobies (laughs) (laughs) and her flat tummy. Oh, we're having a party. (laughs) And lots of confetti. (laughs) Oh, we're having a party. So I feel like that is going to be something to look forward to and what's going to get me through. And it's the little victories that will carry me through this. But the main thing of what I tell women who I've come in contact with, and I don't mind telling women that, uh, you know, and school in my girls' schools, moms of the girls, you know, like, please go get your mammogram. 
please just don't put it off. Like, here I am, I have breast cancer, and I'm 42, and my daughter is in your daughter's class. Like, do what you need to do. Yeah. You know, just get it done. What about, like, the mammogram with the sonogram? Like, is that, it's not standard procedure. No, so I- But it is covered, correct? It is. So, I mean, I don't know how the insurance companies, how- all of them do it. But ever since I turned 40, my gynecologist is the one who orders my mammogram and ultrasound because of my dense breasts. They need to do both. Right. So maybe it's worth asking. Yes, 100%. Knowledge is power. Yes. So just asking, when you're asking your doctor about your mammogram, can I also get an ultrasound at the same time just to really Give yourself that knowledge. Exactly. I mean, I would think that there's so many women out there that wouldn't, I wouldn't know that. I, w- I just no. do whatever they tell me to do. Right, like, right, right. And I, even for some insurance companies or even gynecologists, like I have a history of women in my family with breast cancer, but not direct to my mom, but my okay. mom's sister and then a few aunts. So I wanted, my mom wanted me to go before I was 40, but I was like one of those women, like, I don't need to go. Like right. they told me I can't go until 40. My insurance won't approve it. And my mom is very like, no, go, go, mm-hmm. go, go. And I was just like all right but when i asked my gynecologist to um write me a script to go a referral she was like i can't because your insurance company doesn't improve to 40 but i'm like but if i have a like history in my family with breast cancer why can't i go and she's like well it's not direct to your mother and i'm like well that's freaking stupid i'm like it's still in my family and i feel like there's so much out there that women may be able to do to come together to maybe create those ways to change that with education but also with things that need to be changed to be proactive and preventative i think in situations like that women taking it one step further and calling the insurance and just asking like it just doesn't hurt to ask Mm -hmm. and just taking taking the initiative to just taking it one step further i think in this type of situation in 2024 women just advocating just a little bit harder and just taking the one step further instead of just saying okay I'll wait. Yeah. Right. You know, just taking that. Right. I ended up approving. I was able to get it because I, I did yeah. do exactly yeah. that. And my doctor was in favor for that. But I mean, if I didn't have my mom telling me, I probably wouldn't, you wouldn't have, have done, done that. It. But even the advice that you just gave, I wouldn't know to, to ask for both. Yeah. Right. And I mean, every insurance company is different. And you have to advocate you for yourself. Yeah. No, 100%. You have to advocate for yourself. And you have to have doctors on board with you that are going to advocate for you as well. Because when... When my doctor ordered that MRI, my insurance company denied it. They denied it. And he had to get on the phone with them as a peer-to-peer review and scream to them and Mm -hmm. say, she has a cancer diagnosis. This is medically necessary. And they finally approved it. But had they not, I would have never known that I had it in my left. And the outcome could have been very different. Well, very different. Truth be told, had they not approved it, she would have been. <laughs> I would have been flipping tables. What's that movie? What's that movie called where the guy holds that hospital hostage? Oh my god, Denzel Washington. Yes. That would be Nicole. I mean, it's just, sorry, Terrence. It's just, <laughs> sorry to mean it, but I think it. It's just. It's crazy to me. The just there's so much. So many like so much red tape. Yeah, yeah. you know, and I think that women should just get a little louder. For themselves. Yes. And I think that that's that's what I want that takeaway to be. Just get a little louder for yourself. You know, ask the questions. You know, it's really important to just ask the questions, get a little louder for yourself. Mm -hmm. More importantly, go. I get it that I get that it's scary. Like, and I'm scared, you know, 
I'm scared. Like I, not that this is at all about me, but like, this is my friend for a really long time. And like, I looked at the message and, and her voice on the phone (laughs) and I was like, I spoke to Terrence immediately and I was like, I just want to say this and I'm only going to say this to you. And I think I probably said it to you. And I was like, this is not about me at all. And I want to be here for her. But I just want to say this because she's been my friend for a really long time. And my best friend has cancer and I don't understand why she has cancer. (laughs) And like, even for the friend of someone who doesn't have cancer, the friend of someone who has cancer, like to be there for that person and know how to be empathetic, but also know how to send that video. Right. Right. You have to find that strength because when you sent me that message that you were crying and you were sad and hurting and your girls were there, like I was crying and I wanted to hug you. But in my head, I was like, that is not what this girl needs right now. And I walked in my office and I was like, oh, no, she's getting it right now. And I I bucked up and I was like, no, she needs strength. She needs, yeah. you know, so like, you know, knowing as a friend when you need empathy and when you need strength yes. and finding that strength and knowing that I keep saying to myself that, yes, these next few months are going to be really difficult for you. And that one statement of just thinking to myself that there is something inside you that wants wants to hurt you. Right. And the stuff that they're putting in you wants to kill the stuff that wants, wants to hurt to, you. Right. Right. And of course it feels like shit. Yeah. And we have to be okay with that. Right. And the more you feel like shit, the it more means it's working. The yeah. more it's working. Yeah. And we have to be okay with that for right now. Yes. And that's what I, I personally keep thinking. Yeah. And want to support you through. And I think that for the friends that are listening to this, and I hope this does reach the friends who are supporting a friend you know, that is going through this, that find that strength to be there for that person. Yeah. You know, find the humor. Right. You, you have, know, to, you find have to find the humor. the humor. Like, we've been joking. Like, we've been joking <laughs> and saying some really stupid <laughs> shit, too. Um, like, you got to joke a little bit. Yeah. You got to find the humor. Yes. You know, you got to. I mean, we were joking on the way here. Like, OK, so if you lose your hair and it comes in gray, we are definitely dying it. Like, we're not we're going, going bald. Yeah. Like, the weave comes out. Yeah, we're like, going I'll bald. take my weave out. Put a little like, biggie tattoo right on top of the head top. But like, I already told her she's not allowed to keep it gray. Like, that's not yeah. an option. She's like, no. That's not happening. Um, but like we have to find the humor. Yeah. Like your positive mindset is incredible. But it's also okay to feel the feels. Right. And right. that's what you're doing. And I, I I think that the friend supporting your your husband is so supportive. Your family is so supportive. People from afar are supportive. People oh my that, God. I can't yes. even like the which is so humbling in a way. And that this is the part that makes me so emotional because I had posted on Facebook, shouting from the rooftop, ladies, get your mammograms, please. And I was going back and forth with it for a while. Like, do I post? I don't want people to look at it like, oh, let's feel bad for Kim. Because I don't want anybody to feel bad for me. This is the cards that I was dealt. I'm playing the hand. Okay? I'm going to win this fucking thing. And that's it. That's it. But the outpouring, girls from high school sending me gift cards so I don't have to cook 
sending me beautiful blankets, colleagues sending me soups and all of these care packages. Every day I would get something and my husband would say, you got something else. <laughs> and my mother-in-law was was in uh, for the month of December and she was at my house a lot helping me out and helping with the kids. And she said, I cannot believe how much you are loved. And it truly is so humbling how many people care. Yeah. You know, it's really just incredible. Mm -hmm. And I think from all of this, negativity is that beautiful positivity mm -hmm. of so many wonderful people yeah. in my life, whether directly, whether indirectly, through someone. It's just an incredible feeling. And those are the times when I'm down and feeling like crap that I will muster that yeah. feeling of love and support. And that's going to carry me through. Yeah. And that will be the factor of what is going to help me mm -hmm. to get to the end of this and say, I made it. Yeah. I made it. And I may not make it with such grace, but no. I'm going to. I don't think that even I, matters. I, know, I, was saying, <laughs> I don't I think am, that matters. I, I think it's expected. I am going to make it through with humor and I'm going to continue that. Yeah. And that's all I can do. That's you know what I I'm thinking do. about? I'm thinking about like your daughters, like like when they're in the, like their 20s and even 30s. Yeah. Like looking at a picture of them with you now, right? Being like, damn, like you remember when mom like kicked cancer's ass? <laughs> like, or when they're like talking to their daughters. Right. And like, I remember when grandma like kicked cancer's ass. Like, I remember when we had to give her soft hugs because she had all these drains. <laughs> yeah. And like, I remember when it was like really crazy because everybody was sending stuff because mom was going to chemo and stuff. And she had these really cool wigs. Like, I remember that time. But grandma kicked cancer's ass. Like, like I'm thinking about that future piece and how it'll all be like such a past right. piece. But like, you came out on the other side of all of that. Yep. And like, this will be such a distant memory. Yes. And that's incredible. To show them that strength right. of what that future will look like. Agreed. Agreed. And I know people sometimes take this as a negative, but I always try to find a positive in. And I, I truly believe everything happens for a reason. Yeah. And as much as this sucks, and it's like, why me? It happened to me because God chooses his strongest soldiers. And I know that he knows I'm going to be able to get through this. And I know that he is surrounding me with love. And I was never truly a religious person, but I feel like I know I have so many people praying for me and so much love and faith. And I know that it will be okay mm -hmm. and I will get through this. And maybe it's just for me to take a break, take a break. You, you know, take it all in. and yeah, and take it in and the good with the bad, the facts of life, you know. Um, but I feel like it's it's happening for a reason. I may not get it right now. I may not get it in a year, but one day I will understand why this happened. And I know that I will embrace it and it will be good. And there's going to be a positive outcome to this, no matter what it is, whether it's my girl seeing what a strong ass mom they have or, 
you know, me having a new body mm-hmm. or whatever it is, whatever it is, there will be a positive spin to this and that will be what my story is. This is not my story. This is only part of my story. One chapter. Yep. And this is just a start where you can be sitting here right now speaking to somebody that's going to listen to this and maybe they're in a place where they don't have faith or they don't have hope or they don't know how to wake up in the morning and have light or they don't have a friend that they can really lean in on or be able to tell them how they need to be supported and loved at this time. You know, yep. and I think that that we always talk about surrounding ourselves with people. And I think at a moment where we're in a place of darkness and we know we need something or someone like this is the time to lean in on that person or yeah. that community and it is you know let's see faith, faith over, over fear. fear but i do think that you know you can find light and really trying to stay in that optimistic place of pausing and saying when you think about your life prior like how fast-paced it is and yeah. how we don't take those moments to enjoy life or yes. we don't take those little moments for our children or our husband or a friend where now that darkness now becomes that reason to take that pause and to appreciate and value and see light. So when you do get cancer in the ass, you're going to be living life a little differently while you shine light into somebody else's life. And, you know, with our faith and looking at what Jesus is here for is to be serving somebody else. So your strength is going to lead somebody else's strength to somebody else's. And that's what I hope for. And that's exactly what I hope for. Yeah helping it it helps a woman say okay let me call my doctor today and make that appointment yes and i'm not alone and there are so many resources out there and just have faith and stay positive and it sucks yes but you will get through it and you will be a completely different person you know and for the better yeah for the better on the other side Yes. Well, on the other side. You got to wrap it up. Wrap it up, ladies. Not All that right, we well, want you to leave. <laughs> we want, we, honestly, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Because yes. you changed lives today being here. You did. You really did. I get you to changed. hug her. Yes, you're on, the, you're on that side of the table. I love you. But did you you changed lives today because you're of your bravery and your strength. And you didn't wait till you were on the other side. You came now. Because mm-hmm. you wanted people to know now. Yeah. And that's strength and bravery. And... Here's to kicking cancer's ass. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you very much for joining us. We, from the bottom of our heart, hope that this meant something for you. Drop us something in DM or in the comments. Let us know if you are going. Let us know if you have emotions here. Kim's handle is here as well. You want to let Kim know if you have your mammogram. Let her know. Um, thank you for spending some time with us today. Thank you, Kim, for Thanks spending for some time. Me. Thank you, girl. We will see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye.